You're listening to Breaking the Silence, a podcast by Reach 10, where we're creating a culture of courage, compassion, and connection to overcome the shame, silence, and fear that often surrounds topics such as sexuality and pornography. We're your hosts, Chriselle Simons and Creed Orm. Welcome back, listeners. We are so excited and grateful to be breaking the silence today with Karen Broadhead, who is truly a wonder woman and has done so much good in this world as far as education and helping people to know what to do in order to educate themselves and arm themselves, honestly, and their families against pornography. So I'm so excited. So without further ado... I'm going to introduce one of my favorite people in this world, Karen Broadhead. Karen, will you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes, thank you. It's so good to be here with you, Chriselle and Creed. Really, I so appreciate what you do, and I love knowing you outside of this podcast, being on the board of Reach 10. Just has meant so much to me to hang out with people who care so deeply about this cause and about how it affects people and wanting to approach it in such a healthy way. It just means a lot to me. So thank you for having me. Well, you know what? Most of my experience comes, just starts in a very personal place like most people's do with this issue. I was a mother of five children with a blended family. Both of my sons were exposed to pornography at a young age. And I was one of those women who just really did not get technology or how significant the internet was. And so by the time we discovered just how difficult of a challenge our son was in, our one son in particular, we just really had so much time had gone by, like two years had gone by before we even knew anything about it. I was one of those gals, really, that just didn't even know how to talk about sexuality at all. You know, my tongue would turn to cement, and I wouldn't know how to say stuff about that. I'm so grateful for a son who allowed me to make so many mistakes and to do my best and to go on this journey with him because he was such an honest, transparent guy, and uh, he's such a good guy. And I love him so much. It makes me emotional to talk about, which I'm not ashamed of at all because I love the feeling that I have when I get emotional about him. It was uh, just such a gift to go through that journey with him as I'm considering it from this end, right? Because we both found such important things and we both grew in such important ways. But while we were going through it, I literally thought I was going to die. And I know he did too. It took years before we found a resource that was helpful. And when we did, it was something that approached what he had been struggling with, with masturbation and pornography in a completely different way than any other resource we had looked into. And because he was younger, there weren't a lot of resources for youth. So we did everything, just mom and mom and son, you know, well, let's read this book. Let's go through this workbook. Let's put another, you know, chart on that. Let's have another conversation about that kind of a thing. 
And then uh, it ended up just being so thrilling to me because we found the resource of life-changing services. It was the Sons of Healing program. We had a good enough relationship for me to say, I found this resource and I'm thinking this might be worth trying. And so when he uh, came home, it was such a cool thing to notice because when he entered our house, he just yelled, Mom! And so I thought that meant that was the worst thing I've ever done. And I now am going to not believe anything you say because that was so terrible. And I got to our back entryway and I saw him and I could tell he was crying. And then when he finally stood up, he just put both of his hands on my shoulders and gave up trying to just control his emotions. And he said, ah, with so much ferocity, I've never seen him have ferocity before this fighting spirit. He said, mom, I am not a pathetic loser. He said, I am awesome. And then he said, I am not my own worst enemy. I have an enemy and he's afraid of me. And now that I know who I'm really fighting and that I'm not fighting me, he is going down. It was just this huge awakening for him to have this because it was him he was fighting. It was his own weakness, his own in his words, pathetic attempts to try to master something that he just couldn't master, in his opinion. And so what he'd been to that day was one of the young men in that group was getting ready to go on a mission. And it was just inspiring to him to hear that boy talk about his identity as a son of God and talk about how important his mission was and how, how grateful he was for his journey and how the training that he'd received there had transformed his ability to look at his addiction or his behaviors with self-mastery and sexual self-mastery in such a different way. And anyway, my son was just so inspired thinking, if that guy can talk like that, and all those guys in there, because he was just the listener, you know, that day, it was so cool. And so that led me to just, just really learn about what that company was about and recognized that there were no resources for parents. No parents really knew where to turn to know the best way to support a child who was caught in pornography and sexual self-mastery issues. And so I didn't go to work trying to help parents prevent their children from seeing pornography, but I went to work trying to be a resource for women who love their children and are trying so hard and they need somewhere where they can learn and speak and talk and relate and get some support with other good women who are doing that same thing. And so now, so many years later, I've been doing for about 12 years, I've just been working with parents as a parent support specialist at Life Changing Services. Started as a volunteer, and then I started an organization called Mothers Who Know. And now we just do um, trainings and coaching and support and offer lots of resources for parents, for fathers and mothers. Karen, I am so grateful that you're willing to share your story and your son's story and just your example of being willing to lean in and learn. 
I think that that's something that's always touched me about you. And I've known just for you listeners, I've known Karen my almost my whole life. Well, I grew up in the same area as her kids and Karen has always just been an example of love and light to me. And so I I just heard that throughout this whole experience. And what I want to know is what has helped you or what have you learned about supporting someone and loving someone who's recovering from pornography? Oh, you know what? I have learned so much about that and it has been quite a journey. And I think maybe that's why I became the designated poster mother for mothers who know is because I didn't know. And it wasn't because I knew everything and I knew how to lead the train and tell all the women to get on and let's go. I really did it wrong in a lot of ways. And it wasn't because I was a bad mom. It was because I just misunderstood just really basic principles of the gospel and who Christ was for us. And so I think when it comes to supporting someone caught in pornography, one of the first things I learned is that fear is never helpful. And I love the scripture in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 is, you know, God did not give us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And that power that he's given me is something important for me to identify because if we get it wrong, then we can really get really sick emotionally and spiritually and physically. And we can connect all of our efforts to the mess and think that we are the cause of the mess as parents. And so that's another huge thing I learned is that power had everything to do with identifying that there was only one savior and it wasn't me. And that was so difficult for me to adjust to just being the mother who supported God's work, who supported Christ's cause and not being the mother who wanted to save and heal and just make it all better. That was huge. So to just recognize there's only one healer, there's only one medic, there's only one champion in battle who can overcome all this darkness, and it's Christ. And I get to be the mom. And I think that goes for, you know, if we're talking like your cause has so much to do with couples and dating, that same thing applies. And then the second thing I needed to learn in supporting someone in addiction was that there was only one enemy and it wasn't me. I wasn't my own worst enemy because I missed that. And now my child was in that pit and couldn't get out no matter what we tried. I was not my own worst enemy just like my son realized that he wasn't his own worst enemy coming home from group that day. But also my son wasn't my own worst enemy or my husband because I wanted him to approach it different or support this different or show up in a different way. Whenever there's any wounds, especially deep wounds in a big mess, Satan doesn't want us to hear any messages or see any miracles in that mess. And so he will do everything he can to create enmity between everybody that's supposed to be loving and fighting for each other and turn them against each other and see each other as the enemy because we all feel so out of control because we don't know we're not the savior. We just want to save and we want you to stop and I want to catch it next time and we're going to get this. We think we can control it. The third thing I learned was that there's only one person who has the power to choose how to change. 
I love these three things. They're so beautiful. I especially love, I think, I think so often we forget who the real enemy is. And I think the enemy that we're talking about is Satan, right? Or the master of lies or or evil. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's really profound. I I kept thinking of Katniss Everdeen (laughs) in in the Hunger Games and how Hamish reminded her, like, remember who the real enemy is. And at one point she's caught up in... I, I don't even remember exactly what book this is, but she's caught up in the fight. She's caught up in like who's on her team and who's not on her team. And then she remembers that the real enemy and like the person who put her in the games, that's who they're fighting. And that changed everything for her and for the the revolution. And I think that that's so profound in our relationships because so often when we're hurt and we're affected by other people's choices, we pin them as the enemy. When the person that we love and the person that we're in a relationship with, they are not the enemy and their experiences and, and what they're choosing might be hurting us. But the real enemy that we're all fighting is this master of lies, is Satan. That's who we need to fight together. So thank you for sharing that. Yes, it's so huge. If we're going to win against uh, someone who has really a lot of experience, right? The adversary has so much experience um, when it comes to spiritual warfare. And we are here in mortality and going through what mortality requires. And it can be so stretchy and so messy. And it can be so painful. But when we can get on the same side and fight the right enemy, miracles can happen. I really love that as well. And I agree that having a correct picture and understanding of of the battle and of the fight does help in that battle. So it's not myself that I'm fighting against. It's not my mother, my spouse, whoever. It's just this deal, which is Satan and is simply the struggle to obtain sexual self-mastery. And so Karen, what would your opinion be with regard to how much someone still needs to take accountability for their actions and then, you know, take ownership for what is going on with themselves while still, you know, in in a healthy way that is conducive towards improving the situation of recovery from pornography. Any thoughts on what it means to take ownership of that and responsibility for their actions and then also understand, correct understanding so that we're not hating ourselves or fighting against ourselves. Yeah. So first of all, um, you know, we can't just go around saying the devil made me do it. He's the real enemy. I'm, I'm, I don't have anything to do with this, right? Cause we all have agency, right? And there's this piece of taking responsibility and being accountable for the choices that we make. But there's also this piece that goes kind of like under our radar as mortals here having this human experience under Heavenly Father's plan. And that is that there's this science that's going on in our mind whenever we are having thoughts and feelings. And the adversary knows it's this little biochemical warfare place that he's super aware of in the human experience. That I know that if I can get Karen, for instance, Uh, One of the things I love to do that I deem as a lost battle um, when I feel like the only thing that's going to make me feel better right now is to eat lots of sugar and watch Netflix. 
that's going to make me feel so much better with this hard thing I'm having. So for instance, my son, he might be thinking the thing that's going to make me feel better is to go and indulge and look at pornography, right? So my choice to eat sugar and watch Netflix is my choice and it's completely tied into my agency. But there can come a point where I can be marinated sufficiently enough in my thoughts and in my feelings to the point that my feelings grow uh, to a place that I'm unable to be in my right mind. I'm unable to make a choice 100% with my full agency because I am now not in a whole brain state like my frontal lobe isn't completely integrated and my amygdala, my feeling brain is kind of taking over because all my brain is suggesting at this point is how can I relieve this discomfort that I have that's really causing me a lot of anxiety and stress or sadness or boredom or loneliness or anxiety. But if those feelings grow strong enough, there's this spot that the adversary knows if I can get Karen marinated enough in her strong negative feelings, she will get to a point where I can suggest to her, the only thing that will help you is to throw your list of awesome away and eat sugar and watch Netflix. That's what's gonna help you. So it's that little space right there that I can have this stupid conversation about where I'm like, hey, that is not what I wanna do. I remember every time I do that, I feel like a loser afterwards. Yeah, there is a point where I can't just say, well, I lost control of myself. But the accountability comes with, I have a training and awareness of how to see myself doing that, having this chemical shift happen within me uh, that I can do something about to reclaim my agency and not give it away. Wonderful. So it sounds like to me that in this space of feeling these emotions that can essentially drive us towards an unhealthy habit such as pornography or binging upon whatever is our own personal addiction, you know, maintaining accountability and responsibility for our actions is also being mindful of that space where we're feeling those emotions and that drive to go do that thing. And then taking deep breaths, realizing what kind of situation we are in, and then making, therefore, a good decision before we're too far in and our limbic system and the emotions just take over and and we want to just get rid of, like you said, the discomfort, whatever negative emotion we're feeling at the time. I can totally recognize that. I'm actually working on that a lot myself right now, uh, specifically with regards to learning how to be more patient in listening to others. You know, I create plans on my list of to-dos for the day. And then as I'm listening to my loved ones, I can sometimes, after a while, get, you know, anxious feelings coming up. I've got this to do. I've got this to do. And I'm learning to recognize those feelings are coming up and pause and breathe. Just being aware of that space, as you're saying, is so helpful and so critical to be able to have your agency to make a good decision in that time. So thank you for sharing that little tidbit, uh, focusing on that space and being mindful of that. Yeah. I really think that that's what so much of this life is about, is learning how to be agents and learning how to choose and not just 
be unconscious through life. I think that there's so many principles in here that are applicable no matter where you're at in your life, whether you are trying to overcome an addiction or you are just really striving to wake up in your life and be an alive person (laughs) rather than a a robot. So I think that's so beautiful. Thank you so much, Karen, for joining us uh, and sharing your amazing thoughts and ideas about your experience. It is going to be very helpful for many of our listeners. Thank you for listening to Breaking the Silence by Reach 10. Help us create a new culture of connection by sharing what you heard today with at least 10 people. Please help us reach more young adults by going to iTunes to rate and review our podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. Reach 10 is a nonprofit. You can help support this podcast by donating on our website and following us on social media. We share these views to open the dialogue on these tough issues. We are not professionals, and the ideas shared on this podcast should not be taken as professional advice. The opinions and views that our hosts and guests share do not necessarily reflect the views of Reach 10, and we don't guarantee the accuracy of any statements you hear. Reach 10 is not responsible for your use of information heard on this podcast. We keep learning and invite you to join us as we build a more open, compassionate, and courageous culture.